How do we tell stories that engage, inspire, and have a lasting impact? How do we turn thoughts and ideas into effective and authentic storytelling? How can we use stories to make a difference in our work, lives, and communities? I'm your host, Camille DePutter, and together we'll explore what it means to tell stories with heart. to the Storytelling with Heart podcast. And Rika, it is so awesome to have you. Wow. I think it's been, since we had a conversation, it's been, or like a long in-depth conversation, it's been since your mastery, Storyteller Mastery Summit. So I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Me too. And it was so great having you there. And I'm excited to just have more time to chat with you one-on-one today. For my listeners, Enrica Greathouse is the founder of Small Gorilla, a a creative content company that helps entrepreneurs use storytelling to increase their revenue and reach online. As an acclaimed designer, brand strategist, and former choreographer, Enrica has translated her love for creating experiences on stage into creating captivating experiences online. Her systematic approach to storytelling helps entrepreneurs and innovative businesses improve their marketing, including their branding, videos, websites, testimonials, content, media products, and more. Enrique's company, Small Gorilla, has a diverse client base working with notable brands like Variety Magazine, Stitch Fix, Princess Cruises, Seth Godin's Akimbo, and more. Your bio is so cool and I really, one of the things that's so fascinating about you, Enrica, is how you have this diverse, uh, you know, kind of collection of experiences that you've brought together in your work. So you're a marketer and storyteller, but also like a dancer and a choreographer and a creative person. Can you maybe like kick things off by giving me a little bit of your own history like <laughs> how did you get to where you are today yeah I, I that's funny because think looking about it looking at just hearing you say my bio I'm like oh yeah oh yeah I it's almost like a quilt <laughs> like my my bio or my experience feels to me like a quilt so a lot of a lot of individual experiences make up the whole and so I was always considered, I was like, since I was very young, like third grade, I'm like, I'm going to be a choreographer. That's what, that's my dream. I knew it early on and I pursued it and, uh, and I was able to accomplish uh, becoming a professional choreographer. But somewhere along the line, I needed a website <laughs> and a, a something to brand myself as a choreographer. So I taught myself how to do websites and things in that nature. Um, and that's, and from there, I was almost Ever since I was a dancer and choreographer making my own websites and branding, I would get requests from other friends and dancers in the community, like, oh, who did your, can you do mine? And then their friends went to their friends. And so I became a dancing web designer, uh, brand uh, brand person. And even in thinking back to my the way I choreograph, uh, story te- storytelling has always been the uh, center of that. Like I would not just perform, I would actually make story dances, if you can imagine. Um, And I would just create scenes and who's in the audience and 
what they look like, how can I reflect back to them in the dance, in this performance, so they can see themselves on stage. I will make characters. It's almost like theater style dance with hip hop and modern mix. So it was a, it was a it, even that it was a gumbo. And so uh, what, late, maybe in 2015, uh, I had a trip to the Czech Republic for a three week um, dance. Uh, I was teaching a dance workshop and it's really slowed my pace in life down. And I always kind of wanted in my heart to do branding, but I was too scared because everybody knew me as dancer, choreographer. Um, but that's that slowdown allowed me to have reflective time and like, and it, I think it allowed me to slow down enough to to be able to jump track and go the opposite direction and to actually uh, be more full time branding and storytelling and a little bit of uh, dancing on the side. So I so back in 2015 is when we started. Um, the idea we were really full fully up, but we started the idea of small gorilla and working with clients more and just taking a big halt on the dancing and uh went full like when I came back from check I, I t- came back from check I kind of took a break like a sabbatical style thing and then went into full time branding quit everything everybody's like what's wrong you're not dancing anymore I'm like I just quit everything I quit I quit I quit. <laughs> <laughs> and I went into made a build websites for myself and started branding. And that's how I think. And then now it's more a balance. I do creative things inside my storytelling, branding, design business. Uh, and I like to merge both worlds because it's fun and, and it feels like play to me. Wow. That's a, so interesting. It's funny that you said that the you always wanted to do the branding but we're too afraid to because it feels like becoming a professional dancer and choreographer is something a lot of people dream of but would be too afraid to do that would seem less practical or maybe less likely to people whereas more might say oh get into branding or marketing or something like that where it's it's more um maybe you know easier to find a profession in that or easier to sell you kind of did it the other way yeah, I think because uh, it's more of an identity thing when people, oh, they don't know my name. That's the dancer, you know, and that is be- since I was young, I was the one performing. I was the one, you know, choreograph, you know, doing the, my thing. And so people knew me as that in that container. And so even though I had the secret like love for design and colors and they didn't see me as that, I hardly only time I spoke was through movement. <laughs> you know, I didn't really have a presence. And sometimes sometimes even my artist friends, which is unfortunate, I would tell them about my dreams. They're like, Enrique, you speak, you should just stick to dancing. You know, they would try to box me in. Like, you don't speak, you I you speak fast and you know, and so they discouraged me from this little seed of a dream I had to switch over. And so I had to take uh agency of my own decisions and say like I don't care what you think of me you know who I am to you I still am a dancer but I'm more than that and I want to express more than that and so I think it was more it was less about risk and things like that but more the risk of um stepping out the box that people uh would draw for you and and to fully express the things that are in your heart the hidden things that people might not see or understand yeah which is always challenging always a risk if you know, if you're trying to go beyond that box that you live in and expand your identity, your sense of self and your self-expression, that that's always out of our comfort zone. That's that's the nature of it, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's, it takes courage, even though people will say like, it takes courage to be a dancer. But if you're that all your life, it takes courage to say like, 
hey, I have a brain. Not just a brain. I have other talents I want to explore, you know? Right. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's more to the, more to the quilt. So uh, can you tell me a bit more about what you do now once you, you created Small Gorilla? And I'm curious about who, who your clients are, like what they come to you for. And in particular, maybe you could speak to some of the kinds of challenges that they come to you with or what they're really trying to do and accomplish. Because I feel like marketing is such a, this big landscape. And I don't know, I'm curious about what, what these businesses and the individuals behind them, when they're saying, I need help with my marketing, what are they really saying they need help with? Yeah, that's a that's a great question because marketing, just the word marketing is very scary, especially for the, the people I work with, entrepreneurs who almost despise marketing. They're very heart-driven, impact-driven, um, and the run-ins they had with marketing left a bad taste in their mouth. And so I get a lot of uh, women entrepreneurs are just entrepreneurs with big hearts, and they're like, oh, marketing. And then I'm like, There's, there could be different ways, right? And so... I think uh, first, they don't necessarily come to me like, I need marketing. They come to me like, can you help me build something? Can you help me um, do something practical? And and then I and then I say like, hey, we can build this out because I'm very, um, uh, not only do I do the branding and the storytelling, I also help with the hand, like the um, practical aspects like building websites or or making the thing or building out funnels or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very practical hands-on. And so they're like, can you just help me with knock that out? And I'm like, and, and your storytelling is going to, going to be the engine. Your marketing through storytelling is going to be the engine to make it not just a pretty website, but it's going to make it have traffic come in. And so we have that conversation as we're building out. And so they don't necessarily say like, Hey, can you help me, uh, you know, some some people do. Some people who are aware of st- how storytelling can impact their business, especially storytelling marketing, they come to me. Like recently, has been a, a flux of people coming to say, "Hey, I need help with my story," and they are aware. But I think that is they're very far and few in between. Most people are like, "I just need to get the thing, or to get the shiny thing up, or to get my get my uh, opt in up, or whatever." And then I'm like, "And I've built a lot of these things before." for other people and without the engine of connection and uh getting traffic and partnerships and in in way to people for people to know your people to know that you exist it's just going to be a pretty uh like cricket you know like deserted town <laughs> with nobody uh you know using it so mm-hmm. right yeah. so they're coming to you and saying maybe it's i need a website or i need a you know, a, a sizzle reel or a video, mm-hmm. right? Something like that. But you're, you're kind of saying, okay, well, what's the story behind the thing you're making? Can you tell me a bit more about what, what that looks like when you say storytelling in that capacity? What do you mean? Yeah. So when I say storytelling, I think, especially in, in regards to building, uh, just creating, like managing the change, you want to help people to experience. So when, when I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, they, and they are inviting, and especially coaches too, I work with coaches and, and people who are building apps and things like that. And they're, they're wanting to invite people to this certain product, certain uh, program. 
and they want them to experience transformation through what they're offering. However, if they don't, the communication part of it to me is the story, the heart of it. So story to me is who you are, like what's the value, what's your, I call it your DNA difference. So your different, your uh, five S differences, your strengths, your skills, your successes. There's a whole like whole little framework I go through, which is it identifies them as a unique um, person and, and and beyond that, a unique brand and how they uh, approach things. So who you are, getting really grounded in that and then come to the other side with empathy. Who are your people? Because you're not for everybody. And so really identifying who your people are, what they uh, want, what they desire, what they've experienced already, what they're just really going a deep dive into who they are. And then the, just like almost uh, like a Venn diagram, who you are, who they are, it connects in the middle. And that is your brand story is how you, not only how you serve them, how you serve them uniquely as you uh, and what they, and what you bring to them. Um, yeah, to, to create change and having that story succinct and able to communicate it in so many different ways, like a, the blurb, a tagline, but getting to the heart of what it is first and then taking that heart and, and creating your, I call them like story scripts, like little, little snippets, or you can do your, send your bio and it can be on point. Send, you know, you can talk about it freely, uh, and be on point with what the heart of the brand and the transformation that you are delivering to people. Right. Like, it, I think if I'm interpreting what you're saying correctly, it's like, if you think about that Venn diagram, once you understand that yourself in in a deep way and maybe you've you've actually got some of it you know written down and mapped out and stuff so that you can really make sure that sinks in and, and kind of you and your business everybody involved understands where you're coming from it makes it a lot easier anytime you're writing anytime you're making something to know am i aligned with mm -hmm. that story and what i'm trying to put out into the world is that you're nodding your your head is that is that yes. where you're coming from? Yeah, that is 100% correct. And I would like to add that it's a it's a moving and living, breathing story. And so story is not just, just one time we wrote it and this is what it is, even though that is a baseline. Like when you do the work, you have a baseline, but as you continue to grow and connect with clients and you hear feedback and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a flexible conversation. And so it continues to evolve. And that story, even though you have your base, like your origin, it, it continues to bloom and blossom and you get to uh, adjust. That's why it's, a, it's something you don't just write it and forget it, <laughs> but yeah. you get to live it and you get to co, I like to co-create have them co-create uh, the story as they're interacting with their clients and seeing what resonates, what hits, you know, what um, what the clients are bringing or the customers or whatever that might look like. Mm -hmm. And then continue to let the story evolve. Like we are always changing beings. And so in our brand is a direct reflection of us. And so as we continue to evolve, our story needs to keep it, keep up <laughs> right? yeah. with what, where and where we are, what and where we, who, what, in where we are in this current moment. Yeah, I, I love that because I think a lot of people think about storytelling and or, or presenting your story as it relates to your business or your brand. And they tend to think about it as a an about page, you know, a website copy, or maybe your bio, um, this little piece that says like who you are and, and 
what you do and where maybe where you come from. And those mm-hmm. are important pieces, you know, and I love working with people on their stories, their origin story of how they got here and, and coming up with kind of what those signature stories are. But it's so true that if we think that this is about perfecting copy, like written copy and never have to change it again, then we're really missing the, like really, I believe, lifetime opportunity to to continue to engage in this process of understanding who we really are, what we have to bring, we want to serve, how we can serve them and, and the different ways that that may show up. And so you're so right. I think that that it is uh, an, an evolution. Yeah. And I think practically a, w- a way that we express that is people come to me like, because my husband's a cinematographer, I do design and things like that. So as a team where we can help with assets, right, for, for companies. So they come to me, can you, we got to get our origin story. We got to make a video. Like it's, it's like this one big, the story asset. And and yeah. I kind of just help reframe, help them to help them to reframe that it's not once yes we can have a a, a root the, your brand story is the root but it comes with all these seeds and and thinking of your story as these seed stories where the little micro stories is what makes up who you are as a brand like just telling me your origin story as a brand i'm like oh nike started in 19 duh, duh, duh. but it's those little touches in the little product stories and the little um little experiences that you have with the brand that makes me understand who you are not just like in 19 you know like a script of the uh, of a a history page of we started in and and because of our heart we did this you know but it's those little micro stories that paint a picture and and build trust uh and those little stories can be everyday stories like oh we got this surprise from a client and she can, like I can just think of a real one. So actually, I can think one that oh, yeah, one you did was um about working the shoe store as a young person. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. your newsletter and you wrote about yeah. how you uh, got this job without having experience, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was so even this. You brought up a story that I share in my newsletter, which I'm getting better practice at shipping those little stories. I have so many of them. But those small stories kind of give a glimpse of who you are as a me as a personal brand in Small Gorilla. That's there is a direct reflection of me and what we believe our values in a way that me saying, I value, you know, agency, I value choice. And this is why we started our brand. Like that is so not corny, but it's just, you know, showing through little stories. And so I'll also I'll, I'll share that story a quick. The yeah. quick one. So when I was, uh, I was a teen mom. Uh, I was pregnant at sixteen, had my first daughter at seventeen, and um, I was ambitious at the same time. So I was a teen mom, which is, is almost a contrast. Super ambitious, uh, and I lived in the in a household where like you got to get to work as soon as you finish high school. You go, you go good for now. Well, let you finish high school, but after high school, you're gonna have to get to work. And then so I was like, okay, I gotta get a job. I knew I had to get a job when I once I graduated. Everybody, I was like, I, I do not like fast food. Everybody and their mom was like, all my family's like, everybody works at fast because I'm from the hood. This will be a you know disclaimer. So everybody in the hood's like, you got that's how you get you got to get a job. You got to start at the hood. 
I mean, start at the uh, start at the uh, fast food. That's how then you go up from there. I'm like, I am not working in fast food. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. I don't care what you say. And I would keep it to myself because you know you don't talk back to your your elders and your family people trying to give you good advice. Since, and but I'm like, Mm-mm. and so when the time came, I had to like either uh, I had to like show up or shut up, <laughs> right? And so like uh, either I was going to have to, I had to find a job. So I was like, okay, what experience do I have? I grabbed um, all of my, like I, I helped my mom with in her secretarial, like as like filing things in office. I worked at the snack bar, you know, uh, and I started all these little, these t- t- to other people, it would be meaningful tasks, but I turned them into like, and this is my administrative, my office skills, my, you know, my, uh, my able to, my cash handling skills, and I presented myself as the way the skills I knew I had. Um, and then I took initiative, went to down to the mall, and said, "Hi, can I speak to your manager, Linda?" And she said, "Yeah." And I went on a non-busy day, very strategic, so that way she had time to speak with me, dressed up, dressed up. Uh, and I was like, "Here's my resume. I know it doesn't like much." But whatever I, I can account, like I can get account for the lack of experience with my hard work, determination. I'm, I love your store already because you guys have great customer service, which I am a fan of customer service. I was just, you know, did my spill. She's like, you're hired. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. with that, I, 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 I think I, the, the question, the story question I like to keep, I like to end with a question is, is sometimes we, I don't know where exactly the one I use, but. It's just kind of that story shows that sometimes people try to put you in a box and you know your capabilities and what you want and desire for yourself. And so you just got to go out and take initiative to at least try. Right. And so that's what I did. And sometimes it works out in your favor like it like it did that time. Yeah. And I love that story because, first of all, I, you do get that message from that. And I think that the another message that you get that maybe you highlighted in your newsletter, or at least this is what I kind of took away from it was, you know, this is the power of storytelling, right? So mm-hmm. you could look at that information, what your resume looked like and think, oh, well, nope, you don't have the experience. Uh, I'm not going to get this job and just, or you could look at that through this lens of, okay, this is a story. This, this material right here is its own story. So how do I then, you know, present this story? Well, you looked at it and said, okay, all of this experience actually adds up to the experience they need. Mm-hmm. So you told a story. And I feel it's important to just emphasize this point because sometimes it's misinterpreted as spin or being inauthentic or something. It's it's more like the person who's going to hire you or buy from you, they need a story, right? They mm-hmm. need to sort of understand, is this person right for me? or not. And so what you did as a young person instinctively was like, put this together in a story that, you know, with the answer of like, I can do this. And you're new in your heart, you could. Mm -hmm. And so the other point I want, I would love listeners to take away from this is like, this is just something that happened to you in your past. This is not a life changing story. It's about getting a job as a young person in a shoe store, But that little story is kind of a great analogy, a a great kind of learning tool, and it embodies the knowledge you want to pass on to your audience and Mm -hmm. the values also that that you bring to your work. When you wrote that story, can you tell me, um, do you recall like 
How did you come up with it? Did it randomly pop into your head? Were you reflecting on things to sort of come up with ideas to talk about? How did how did you get to that point? Yes. So I love that you asked this question, the process behind, you know, the product, because I, me being a champion of storytelling, I always am constantly mining my life for stories. Uh, and even if I don't write them out, I try to have like a story log or, oh yeah, I remember that time or something might jog. I might see something just in everyday life. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that time. My first job was this, you know? So I just write out the title to remind myself to go uh, mine that story and to flesh it out. And it doesn't take me that long anymore because I, I'm a coach for a story skills workshop and we have this 5C type of outline. I can I can do outline a story like probably two minutes and I can have the heart of it uh, as well as uh, the change I want to um, invite people to. And it can be, and depending on the, who's in front of me, that change can be uh, different. But I like to have just a just a log of stories, and then so I have a whole <laughs> a whole table of um, just stories that I can, that are opportunities where I can flesh out more and use. And now it's just a choice of when when to use which ones when or when to use which stories at what point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, and I think too that I love how you said knowing what you want the audience to get from your story, something to that effect, because I think. A lot of times, a lot of entrepreneurs don't use storytelling because they don't know which stories to bring out and how to, how it relates to the business, especially personal stories, which to me are the juicier, the juiciest ones, because okay. it makes us, it keeps us reminding that we're human, reminding each other that, that we're human first. Um, but just having very clear brand story, meaning like, you know, the change that you're inviting people to, who you are, who they are, how you connect. If you have that very clear big, big change, I call it big C, then you can just populate all these little micro stories from your life, from your work, from your day to day, and then make sure they point back to that change you're inviting people uh, to experience. So you don't want to just have random, like my first pair of shoes, you know, and then it just have nothing to do with the change you're inviting people to, because it, it will be a disconnect and people will turn off from that. But if you know that you want to inspire storytellings and and to me it's my, my newsletter's modeling storytelling in a way that connects back to marketing so it's almost like very meta at the same yeah. time right <laughs> um and then also the 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 whole context is marketing is storytelling and so how can i make sure that the stories the small stories i am telling and modeling are pointing back to that to that uh to that big change i'm i'm, I'm inviting people to Right. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that and clarifying that. I think that's so useful because, yeah, I think often there is some confusion too around if I use a personal story, aren't I just talking about myself? And that in fact, you can tell personal stories. They can be more effective because you're right. That's we're human. We relate to human beings. Um, So yeah, I I don't remember how long ago it was that you wrote that story, but I remember it because it was personal and it was about you and I got to know more about you, but it also taught me something going back to that uh, big C, the change that you want to make. It almost makes me think that perhaps as an exercise, people could like, even if you took out a big piece of paper and you could write in the middle of it, what kind of change you're, you want people to make or what you want them to learn or understand, you know, and, in my case, it might be to champion 
storytelling or self-expression or thought leadership, or, you know, in your case, talking about how marketing and storytelling are kind of the same thing, you could then potentially think back and just do a huge brainstorm of what are all the experiences in your life that have taught you something about that and then share those stories. Yeah, and I think that's 100% true because stories are, we are, humans use stories to communicate and connect to the heart. And so you can mine your life for those experiences and use it for good, almost like for the change you want to see in the world. And so, yes, yeah. 100%. Cool. You had mentioned the um, the story skills workshop and you and I met when I was taking um, Seth Godin's um, Akimbo workshop, the marketing seminar. Um, and you were just such an amazing coach and, and champion of all of us in there. Um, and as you mentioned, you also work on the, the story skills program. Could you tell me a bit more about your work in these programs and how you wound up coaching them in the first place? <sighs> that is a story for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, I, I love Akimbo is the is Seth Godin's Akimbo. He created a learning alternative learning uh, platform. And Bernadette is Bernadette Giawa. She's the one who created Story Skills, the Story Skills Workshop with Seth Golden. Uh, and I was a follower of, of Bernadette for years. I loved her book because she she was the one of the only women that I know knew at the time, uh, maybe five years ago, six years ago, that was right at the intersect of storytelling and marketing. And I was just, I have every one of her books. I loved them. I'm like, more, please. I was such a fan. Um, and so when I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not an easy fan. So I don't have too many fans, uh, people that I am fans, fans of, but Bernadette was one of the people who I looked up to and I love reading her, her, her work. And she's full, fully heart uh, driven and heart and story driven. And so we aligned. And so with that, I got, a little closer. I'm like, oh, she's having a community. I'm going to join it. And so long story short, right when I joined it, she was like, I'm doing a beta program with Seth. Uh, I would love for you. We, we got a deal for all my community community members to get a beta price. Blah, blah. I'm like, yes, I love Seth. I love Bernadette. This is an easy yes. And so I was just going as a student in the story story, the first initial story skills beta. Uh, I, sh I showed up um, and I actually took it twice. I'm like, I could have showed up a little bit more. I want to practice more. And so the story skills beta, story skills one, I was a student and with no expectations of anything. And then all of a sudden I got a email saying, hey, we want you to coach. We love how you respond and show up for other students here in this space. And I was like, what? You want me to coach? Back then I wasn't considering myself a coach or anything. And so I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> and so from there, that's the beginning, the origin of my relationship with Kimball. That was back in 2019, um, mid-2019 or November, I think. And from there, I just, it's been from one workshop. I, I think I coached, we're at Story Skills 11. I'm, in it, I'm coaching it now. So maybe like 10 workshops. And then Seth hit me up. He's like, you're doing so amazing. I heard you're doing some amazing things. And he was like, let's have a Zoom call. I heard so much about you, blah, 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 you know, and he invited me to be a, uh, one of the coaches for the marketing seminar and to work with him was amazing uh, behind the scenes because we got to collaborate and talk, give our ideas and just really work together as a team, a small team of coaches. And then from there, all MBA, I get to coach. I'm ahead coaching that right now, currently, at the same time as I'm coaching story skills. At the same time, I'm building other things out with clients. And so it's just been 
I think the start was just inching closer to people who I admire and then showing up and and then the possibility and opportunity happened without me, you know, even knowing it kind of tapped me on my shoulder. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, I kept saying yes, which is another big point. Um, and then the ball just became like a snowballed from there. And and now I love my coaches, my coach team, but like my family. We're going to go visit. I'm going to Australia in February to visit. You know, we're just big one big family at Kimbo. And so oh, wow. I can't, there's, there's no science to it. It's just more just getting inching closer and showing up. Amazing. What are some of the things that you have learned? I mean, you coach so many different programs now, so this might be too big of a question, but thinking in line maybe with, you know, the the marketing seminar and and story skills, people often are coming from uh, somewhat similar places, maybe, you know, they want to be able to tell their stories to, to the world. They want to be able to take what they're doing and what they're making or the kind of change they want to make and bring it out to more, to more people. Um, I'm just curious about what, I don't know, are there a couple of things that you've observed or been able to see as sort of through points? Yeah, I, I think in in regards to the students coming and what they're expecting and, and the ones who are sick, the you know the most successful I think would be the ones who come and show up and and ring the bell every day so it's a practice so like the ones who are able to uh micro like do micro steps versus like then there's other students that come like I'm here to do the, you know do the big thing and then it is it's it's a harder it's a harder um I don't want to say fall like the common thread is like people who show up just consistently and even if they they ship what they can ship for that day and are true to just the practice and the art of the work they get so much more out of it and you see them rising like a slow tide versus a big like i'm here to leap into my big destiny <laughs> like it's a different because <laughs> a di- different contrast and different um use and and i see that through across all of the workshops mm. just um and so sometimes we like even me I'm, I was a very ambitious you know w- woman and team mom and I I was like I gotta get my dreams and so but just being around people who have actually accomplished a lot of things you see the consistent just commitment to doing the small things uh and sometimes they it, not, it might not be even spectacular but it's just coming showing up for yourself day day in day out um Connecting with like-hearted people is another um, another rising tide type of uh, practice I see. People who connect with others and get the feedback and learn from each other and are very generous. Those people rise up um, into their full, like I don't want to say the full potential because I don't know, but they seem to rise to uh, more into fully expressing themselves in that way. So I think that's, if any, any patterns notices those two People who connect with like like-minded people in generosity, and then uh, people who show up and can enable to. I mean, we're not perfect, but people who are continually they fall down. I missed a week. Let me get back into it and continue yeah. to show up for themselves. Right. Yeah. Uh, those are such wonderful points, and the point about the the small small steps are just continuing to show up. I mean, I think a lot of, uh, about this quite a bit in terms of writing and you know self-publishing and shipping your own work and 
because so much of it really is just that continued work of, of showing up, of thinking about these things, of wrestling with those challenges. And, you know, in a very practical way, one thing I always encourage people to do is come up with something that you are going to be accountable to and, and be able to be consistent with. So like with a, with a newsletter, I see a lot of people starting, maybe they'll think, oh, like an email newsletter, I need to grow an email list. This is something I should do. So they'll start it. And that's awesome. But they maybe start too big. It's very complex. It's ambitious. They're going to write every day or every week, and it's going to have all this stuff in it. <laughs> and, you know, and then they fall off because of course life. But, you know, if you're able to come up with some kind of a cadence where you can continue to do this work and mm -hmm. do it in a way that's actually manageable for you and realistic for you, then you're, you're going to be able to produce more over time. And the other thing with that too, is that, that I reflect on a lot with writing in particular is that it's hard, even just today before getting on this call, I'm working on a, a ebook for myself and um, you know, I, I as I'm writing, I had these same two thoughts. The one side of my brain is like, yay, this is so fun. I'm so excited about what I'm writing. And the other side is like, why do I do this to myself? There's going to be so much work here. I, the more I progress, the more I see how much is yet to do. And I really think that the difference between people who ship that, that their work and get stuff out there, it's just almost like your, your ability to tolerate both sides of the brain, including that part that's telling you this is too much or my work is garbage or mm -hmm. like well, this is crap, this will never work, maybe it won't work. Um, and to just continue moving through the process anyway yeah. when it's messy. Yeah, I love that you say that because I think we all have critics, our critic on our, you know, one of our shoulders speak, especially when we get busy about doing our own work. And we sit down and we go to work and you have, oh, this is going to be fun where I'm doing, I'm, look at me, I'm doing it. And then you got like, which one do you think you is <laughs> on the other side, right? And so yeah. um, I think with with that, I, I found to be helpful for myself is surrounding myself with in community, not a big community, but just people who are, um, who value what I do and able to give me um, like, Oh, you're, you, you posted one and, and, and it's just, I don't know, someone to, I can, I'm writing for, and I can get instant feedback from. And so having like a little circle of creatives, I got, I like to, um, ship my little, my pre newsletter, like before I send it out, I send it to like five or six people so they can, it's like, Oh, Oh, you misspelled that. Oh, I love this part. This is my favorite. Like, Oh, go ship, ship, you know, and they, and they keep me accountable. And if I don't, if I haven't, uh, kind of hit them up, they're like, Hey, when's the next, when's the next uh, post coming out? And so it's like a little small, I don't know, crowd of people who are in your corner and, yeah. and, and who know, who knows your, what your heart's desire is and help, can help you, you know, stay the course. And not, when I say help you, it's not like they're, um, it's not their work, but there's some, there's, I, I know that, oh yeah, Anne's going to be, She's going to be hitting me up like, what's up with the newsletter? Well, you can have a company, you know, and so that's a good way for me as a social being. I love people to say like, oh, yeah, I better hit her. I better hear her hit her up before she hits me up. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a really great tip. And do you in that in that little community, then do you help each other or like are, are they in a similar boat? 
Yes. Yeah, so we all are, um, we all help each other. When I say help, meaning like we are reflect, we reflect back what we see in them and they are able to come with like the crappy days and their high days, low days. And we can just reflect back what they've already said they wanted and see how that changed. And it's being very um, non, non-directive, but still very much, oh, so is this still the same? Do you still want to start getting your speaking gig this in this year? Is that still the same without any like, it could change or it could not be, but it just, it just holds up what, what they said they wanted. And then, uh, and so we do that for each other. It's not like they're doing it for me only, but it's, we're like a circle of people who can be honest and cheerlead and coach and give honest feedback. And so I, I love that I have that small group. Yeah. I lo- That's a great idea. I love that concept. I, uh, actually just earlier today. So I was talking about writing my ebook, in truth, I was writing it not by myself. I was on a, I have this kind of very small um, little co-working, co-writing group. So we're on Zoom. We meet for five, 10 minutes or, you know, do a little bit of a chat, a little bit of check-in. Some of the kinds of things you're saying, like what our goals might be or how they've changed or, you know, what our progress has been like the past couple of weeks. And then we turn our cameras and our mics off, set a timer just write for 45 minutes approximately. And then we do another little check-in before, before leaving. It's similar kind of thing. And, and it really makes a difference, even just knowing other people are there and you're not alone in it. Yes. I love that. I, it's, it's so cool that I'm talking to other creatives and I, uh, during COVID, I had something called the writing room and there's just five of us. Uh, just different people than I have now, but it was five of us and my husband was writing a script and somebody was writing, one author was writing a like a sci-fi <laughs> just uh, like type of, I don't know, it was a play or a book and I was writing my pieces and we all would come five in the morning, same thing, five minute check-in, write for, we were at write for an hour and then a five minute check-in and then on Fridays we would do a longer check-in, like how did this week go? And well, how many words did you, did you get a chapter? What you know, this really checking in and read and able to read some of our work to each other. And so that was that's how I got my my first I call it my blah book because it's not published or edited yet, but I got that first book out because I had that accountability of that writing. I call it the writing room, which was amazing. So I love that you cool. great minds think alike. So I love that. <laughs> Well, it can be isolating, you know, like pandemic aside, it just um, working as a freelancer. And I think if you're if you're an independent business person or largely independent and you are also or like and or a writer or somebody trying to create stuff, it can feel difficult to, to work alone. Um, I also, after coming out of the marketing seminar, teamed up with two people from that and we meet once a month. We have a little mini mastermind group, um, which is because it can, it really can be kind of lonely. And what I found was I needed people who were in different kinds of businesses, but with, in a similar situation with similar, similar goals and, and challenges and and so that way we're, we come from very different perspectives, all live different places. We're in different kinds of businesses, different backgrounds, but we can also relate to a lot of the challenges and stuff that we're going through. So I love that. Found community matters. 
Yeah, I love that. And I love that you guys are still connecting. Uh, I find that to be, it's funny, I have different little, little, I don't want to call them like friend groups, but like little accountability groups. And one was from my my uh, student experience with the All-NBA. That was back in, when I first started coaching 2019, I went through All-NBA and we call ourselves the heart leaders. And we meet for the last three or uh, almost was it 2019. So all these years we've been meeting once a month uh, and I have my meeting tomorrow and I, we just look forward to it. And we spend so much time the whole, the whole night we can go from like six to like around nine, mm-hmm. just or eight, around eight, eight 30 ish. But we just have heart to heart and what's going on. They're different. We're leading in different capacities, different ways, different industries, but we get to talk real talk and see what's really yeah. going on yeah. and how we're leading our, our, our own lives and how we showed up for ourselves and showed up for others. And just, it's just a great cultivating relationship to have those um, people who get you and have the same language to talk about things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's, it's great for folks to remember that, you know, this does not have to be this solo isolating kind of exercise and that there are other people out there. And even if you don't have that community yet, you can find it and and help build it. Um, I know we have to wrap up soon, but there is something else I had wanted to ask you. And that is you are so good at bringing your own personality and voice to your work and how you write and and everything that you do. Can you just tell me a little bit about like, how did you find that? How did you find your voice or what's your perspective on bringing your you to your work and your writing? First of all, Camille, I love that question (laughs) because (laughs) it has not always been that way. When I first remember I told you I did transition from you know, dancing to becoming this brand strategist, designer, desi- uh, de- you know, developer. And back then I thought I had to be like, because I am, I have, I'm a very modern person as, you know, my house is design modern. And but I thought I had to only, only show that part of me, the business mm-hmm. clean, like, hi, my name is Enrica. I, you know, straight my hair for my photo shoots and <laughs> You know, I try to be into the what I thought it was. Yeah. So for that first year, I just I just showed a little sliver of myself, the professional side, the strategic side, very straightforward. I talk business and what what's your strategy, you know? And so I kind of went into that box and then I realized that I was uh, suffocating my real full colored self. And so all my and then I was I would almost be like undercover like hip hop moving dancer like oh i can't i got to make sure i don't show that on this on this feed because they'll be so shocked to see that i'm so creative and so you know so loud and out there dancing to hip hop i'm i'm the professional right and so <laughs> it was like two different worlds that i was living and so it wasn't until i'm not sure when was the catalyst for my change but i think slowly and surely i just started realizing that it's not working to be this singular shell of a, of a, and this is one specific, it was part of, it was me, but it was only one sliver of me. And then, so I decided that, you know what, I'm gonna be my full, my full out hundred percent Enrica come in, busting through the doors, hit, hitting the dance move, like everybody let's move <laughs> type of personality. And if it's too much, then, you know, 
you can have the mute, you can you can have the dimmers for the light, but I'm just going to be fully me and whoever can hang with that. Those are my people. Right. And so, yes, I'm professional. Yes, I'm strategic. Yes, I get the job done. And professional doesn't mean uh, white boxed or, you know, very vanilla. Professional mm-hmm. means you get the job done, you're on time, but but it also means bring your full self because who I am attracts when I'm being fully myself, that fully attracts the people who are designed to work with me and they can handle it. So Yeah, that's so wonderful. That's so great. I mean, I that's partly why I decided to work for myself too, to be honest, because I felt like I can't fit in somebody else's box and want to be able to do it my way. And that's an evolution as well. And I, I, like you, I have found that, of course, it's a process, but the more that I am able to really show up as me, then the more I'm able to attract amazing people into my life and my work and get to work with fantastic clients. And I couldn't do that if I was trying too hard to be what I thought somebody else would want me to be. Come on, come on, Camille. You got to, you got to preach that again. That is so good. <laughs> yes, child. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Before we go, um, would you be game for doing like a little lightning round? I'll just throw a few little questions at you and you can answer whatever pops in your head. Let's go. <laughs> okay, cool. okay. What was your favorite book as a kid? Uh, that's a hard one because I barely read any books uh, as a kid. But the little gold, I remember my favorite books for this little, I don't know if they're in this in Canada, but there's like little old Disney. Little golden books? Yeah, little golden books. I had like a set and I love pictures. I love illustrations. And so that was probably the only ones I can remember having and loving. So Yeah, those were that's such a cute series of books. I think they're still making them. Yeah. And, uh, and, and just a quick add on. Yeah. I now love children's books. Like I collect different like classics, maybe because I didn't have a whole plethora when I was young, but I, I really like um, especially illustrated children's books. So, yeah. Uh, nice. And there are so many good kids books out there these yeah. days. Yeah. Jeffrey Oller. Uh, uh, what's his last name? Oliver's. Yeah. From yeah. Ireland. He's, he's one of my favorites. Yeah, Lovely. And did you say you were writing a book? Is that what you were? I am. I'm writing a few books. <laughs> Two are just like little fun illustrated. Uh, I should, I'll, I'll send you some pictures um, of the illustration. I made an illustrated card deck to go with the book. And so those two are more like a Austin Klingon style of top 10 things, you know, to, to, to create content your people crave. And then I'm writing a, like a thick, my uh, create space book, which is a more, you know, wordy type of, heart centered book. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't wait for all of that. <laughs> um, what is the common belief in the world that you would like to change? I think what we just talked about that you have to fit in a, someone else's box to be successful. And that is straight up bull crap. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the more we can shine and be uh, lean into our full selves, and even as we're discovering our full selves, the more better off we'll be as a world, as a people who accept and, and learn and grow together. Because when we shine, it gives permission for others to shine. Amazing. I love that. So inspirational. Um, what is something you're curious about? Oh, every day I'm curious about 
this humans. I like, I'm such a, like if I had a toy, humans are just my favorite thing to lean into the diversity of it, the, the cultures, the different lived experiences. I am fanatical about really whoever in front of them. I'm lean. I love to lean in and, and ask a thousand questions and learn more who they are and what turns them on. I don't know why that that's inside me, but I just love, I'm curious about humans and, and they're the, the varied different experiences we all live in our stories. Mm-hmm. Which is like the number one trait of a good storyteller too, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> what is something you're proud of? Whew. Oh, it gives me chills. I'm proud that I, even when I, when I get, you know, tripped up or mistakes or fail, I fell a lot in, in, in my younger years. And even now I continue to do so. I always come back in, with optimism and I'm not sure where I got that from, but it's like the buoyancy uh, to my life. And so I'm proud that I still can went through hard things, challenges. I'm proud that uh, I'm still here and I like to have fun and, and even in challenging uh, circumstances. So that's something I can't, I can't give credit to myself, but that's something I'm proud of. Amazing. I love that. Well, thank you so much for that. Uh, this whole interview conversation has been fantastic and it's really lifted me up. So, uh, and I'm sure that it, that it will do the same for people listening. So thank you so much, Andrika. I appreciate Camille, it. Camille, thank you. You are, I just want to say on mic, you are a bright light and just all the work that you're doing and continue to do is very meaningful. And I think you were the, you're actually my first, this first speaking engagement like live that I've done uh, after doing all my coaching stints with the Kimball. So I just want to say thank you for shining and for being your full self and your inspiration. So keep doing what you do. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Storytelling with Heart podcast. Want to turn your thoughts into leadership and your ideas into words that make a difference? Find me and discover more free resources at www.camilledeputter.com. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe to my email newsletter, where I share stories, free tools, and other storytelling guidance. And never forget, your story matters.